I want to say good morning to Josh Emmett, my guest this morning. Um, Josh is the number seven ranked, uh, what weight class are you in now? Uh, featherweight. Featherweight um, in the UFC. Number seven, man. That's, uh, you break it, single digits. I think everybody wants to be single digits, right? Oh, for sure. And it, at one point, I was ranked number four in the world. Um, had a little setback, but uh, it's, it's coming. So Was we're that gonna... setback Jeremy Stevens? Yeah. Yeah, that was a Jeremy Stevens fight, right? Yep. Yeah, that was good. I remember that. I watched that. I paid for that. <laughs> I paid for that fight, man. Uh, that was a good fight. Yeah. Um, but you're you're on the comeback. You just had a huge fight. <clears throat> I mean, I think this last fight you did was something that people like me are like, these guys aren't human. So let me get this right. You had a fight with um, Sean. Shane Burgos. Shane Burgos, who was the up-and-comer, right? Yeah. He was the guy, I think he might have been the favorite, but yeah. he definitely was the favorite with the media yeah. and the announcers. Yeah. Here comes hard work and earnest Josh Emmett. Just a young guy trying to, you know, squirrel trying to get a nut. And um, I think you broke your leg or you did something to your knees in the first round, right? What, what happened in that first round? Yeah, so in the, the first 15 seconds of the first round, I, I completely, um, I blitzed in and I, and I had, a, I stepped wrong and kind of had a hyperextension and I, I tore my ACL completely. Um, I had partial tears in my MCL um, when the ACL basically snapped my my femur and tibia hit so hard together that i had a uh, impact fractures on both femur and tibia and it took out you know a big chunk of the the cartilage that sits in between of the the bone so it was definitely a, a painful painful thing um but i just I, it's so painful and in in my knee kept bu buckling i had no stability um, I was playing like these mind games within the 50, first 15 seconds of the first round against such a, a tough opponent. And, and I just made that, that choice right then and there, um, you know, just to kind of bite down on my mouthpiece, resort to plan B if there was a plan B and uh, just swing for the fences. And, and I did exactly that. I, I didn't get to perform the way that I wanted to. Yeah. You know, I, I felt yeah. like, you know, the media and, and Shane was a huge favorite. Um, going into the fight i know the ufc wanted him to win um but it's it's just you know my whole thought process is i go in there i win fights beat people up at the end of the day everything i set out to accomplish everything i want will just fall into place and, and that's exactly uh what i did so 15 seconds your leg buckles and you just bite harder on your mouthpiece <laughs> is that what you're telling me? Like, well, yeah, just, just like, because like I could I could have given up right then, and and I think most fighters in my yeah. position, uh, they would have given up. They would have looked for a way out, um, and that's one thing that I I say I will never, you know, I'll never mm -hmm. quit. I'll never give up in a fight. You see this time and time again. Um, you're literally gonna have to knock me out or you know put me away, mm -hmm. but I'm gonna keep on coming and. Uh, yeah, it's it's tough, you know. Like I, I've gone through several injuries. My UFC mm -hmm. debut, um, I had a compound fracture in my finger, and I had to hide it from the ref to continue to fight because I so know compound. That that means like the bone was bone sticking, sticking out? through my through my finger. Um, it was on my my. That could be a good, good weapon though. Ring finger. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. But it, but it was it was so painful. Even with that, like, you know, I've I've worked my entire life to get to the UFC. Here I am. I, I took my UFC debut on a four-day notice, flew across the world to the Netherlands mm -hmm. uh, against a, a tough guy again. That was, you know, I was a the, the underdog again. Uh, but in my mind, my coaches, my teammates, myself, I knew what I was going to accomplish. I was going over there to win and and start my 
uh, run at achieving gold, you know, becoming the best on the planet, a world champion. And this is at lightweight, so a heavier weight class at the time. And mm -hmm. in the third round, um, he kicked my finger. I blocked it. it. Must have been the right angle, the right force, amount of force, and it bone just sticking out of the the, <laughs> the skin. And, and I had to keep looking down because like you saw it. Oh yeah, it was sticking. It was so again painful. I think a lot of people would have quit right there too. But you, but you um, hit it. But I, yeah, I hit it from the ref when they stopped the round just because I wanted to get back in the mix because I, I didn't want that to cause, you know, a loss. And, and uh, you know, I have a, a different mentality and things that I, I prepare for that we, we talked about before, mm -hmm. uh, before I fight, you know, it's... Uh, well, you have a mind coach, right? Yeah, yeah I so work... What, what is that about? What's a mind coach? So I think a lot of times it's, you know, people work with sports psychologists and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So his name's Josh Manuel and he's uh he's based out of Vancouver uh just a, a brilliant man and so we do a lot of visualization and I incorporate that into a lot of my my fights my training um we go into almost like a hypnosis you know in deep trances and stuff like that so it's almost like you know when I get to the fight I've already seen it you know hundreds of times I've played it out all different ways like I've been in good positions bad positions um you know I finished the fight in the first round I I've went to the scorecards you know um but at the end of the the end of the fight regardless what it is my hands raised and so I'm willing and I accept this it's a fight it's gonna hurt you know so before the fight I'm uh I'm just getting like prepared that I'm willing to go through anything. Like I'm willing to go through hell as long as my hand gets raised. Um, I know this is gonna hurt. It's like, you know, flooring your car into a tree with no seat belt and just hoping everything works out for the best, you know? And cause you don't know, it's the unknowing. Mm -hmm. You like, you go into a fight some of the best guys in the world, um, yeah, it's, it's gonna hurt. Like I, I, want, I w wanna go in there and first punch I land, uh, you know, knock him out and win. But realistically, that's most likely not going to happen. And, and, and I showed in my last fight, you know, um, <laughs> maybe that would have happened if I didn't injure my ACL and I, mm -hmm. and I didn't have to fight the guy on one leg. Um, but yeah, I, well, I just accept it. That, well, there was a fight um, last weekend or the weekend before uh, Sugar Sean O'Malley, mm -hmm. where his leg was taken out by some behind the calf kicks what, what is there's a word for that uh, yeah just calf kicks just calf kicks and it deadens a nerve right well well a lot of times it's it's so painful just because you don't have a lot of meat you don't have a lot of muscle in that area so i think just over time people are just kicking the calf mm -hmm. and then it'll it'll you can use it as like a you know one of your, your game plan like if someone mm -hmm. moves a lot you know you can start kicking their calf and then that'll slow their movement down because you can't put a lot of weight on it so you'll see a lot of people switch to their opposite stance so mm -hmm. um so they're not getting kicked in that that leg but he was being targeted in the it's i think it's called the per, perennial nerve maybe i'm mm -hmm. saying that wrong but he kept kicking him there and, and there's this has happened in several fights um someone did a really good breakdown and showed all these fights where I saw it, it. it creates like a drop foot mm -hmm. when you hit this it like almost like paralyzes your foot so people's foot are like this and i think that's exactly what happened um and then he he ended up rolling his yeah i don't even know if he rolled his ankle but he just fell down and and mm -hmm. that's kind of um you know kind of what happened with that and then you know, he could have used his jujitsu and all that, but he, uh, you know, 
Cheeto Vera, he, he's a he's a veteran. He's a tough, tough opponent. And that was Sean's toughest test to date. Yeah. Um, and and he didn't pass the test. So, but I mean, that, I guess where I, where I was going is like you could have done that, right? Because oh, you yeah. were fighting on one leg, and you could have just kind of you know given up a little bit. Yeah. Not that Sean O'Malley gave up, right? But you know, I mean, I think yeah. whatever. I'm not going to say anything. No, but but that that is the thing. Like. Uh, he had no injuries and, and that's one thing like he's there maybe they the ufc they, they were building him up and they were building him up you know like that was his fifth fight into the ufc um you know they they had to give him tougher competition and cheeto was a tough opponent to do so but because he has that it factor sean o'malley it's outside the octagon he's uh you know he's just a character he's portraying um, people like him. They're they're constantly marketing the hell out of him. So that's why he has such a huge uh, fan base and things like that. And, and of course, they wanted him to win that fight too. You know, right. maybe he could be the next McGregor. Um, and and he didn't. So that kind of ruins the the UFC's plan in a sense. Um, but but that's the thing with fighting. Like you can build up and try to build up who you want to. And but at the end of the day, people are going to have to fight, and anything can happen. Like maybe if it's someone. It's just people that don't fight, you know, it's like, uh, that's where it's like, I can, I can almost guarantee, but anything could happen. Like I can beat this guy 10 out of 10, but when you're fighting the best fighters on the planet, it's, it's fraction, uh, it's inches. It's like, if you make a mistake and someone capitalizes on that, it, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like a I feel like it's 50, 50 when, when you're on the feet, anything can happen. So like, so that gives us, you know, that kind of leads us into another issue that I, that I find interesting, um, about the UFC because, and Hey, let's all be clear. You are an employee of the UFC right now. So I don't want you to say anything that's ever going to, you know, get you in trouble with your boss. So (laughs) understood. And if I say anything, you just let me know and I'll back off right away. Um, but I ain't, so (laughs) I can say stuff. You don't have to agree or you don't have to agree or not. Um, but one of the things about the UFC that I find interesting is, okay, they're, they're a company, right? It's not like Major League Baseball. Well, Major League Baseball is necessarily a company, but they have independent, you know, teams uh, that are owned by independent people, and they compete, right? Mm-hmm. So Major League Baseball really can't say, "Oh, we love the Yankees. We're gonna we're gonna kind of like promote the Yankees more." And I think they they are promoted more, but that's because of the the region that they're in, right? Just has yeah. more media. Um, but the UFC, they are the ones that set the fight schedules, right? And so they can go, oh, we want this guy to fight this guy, and we're going to forget about this guy. So what I find kind of interesting, and us talking about, you know, Sugar Sean O'Malley brought it up, um, is I notice a lot of times that they will get marketable guys mm-hmm. who haven't really proven themselves, but they're like on a three-fight winning streak, and marketable men or women and they get like on a three fight winning streak and they go oh that's a good looking person or that's a person with a like sugar sean o'malley we can market yeah we can market yeah he's got that it factor right conor mcgregor is set aside because that guy was really good he's really good yeah um and then they promote the hell out of him Mm -hmm. but at some point like they got to come out of that closet and fight like a real person yeah they and, can't protect him and not saying Sean, sean's a really good he's good like he's a mm-hmm. he's a great striker he's good on the ground he's young i think he needs to develop a little bit more mm-hmm. but um it, it's the same thing you know um yeah but but i know exactly what you what you're saying and it's it's unfortunate but that's kind of that's the way it is there's 
there is a merit system like rankings and stuff like that but it, a lot of times you would think like okay this guy's ranked number three he should fight this guy but sometimes with their the people they think are going to be their next stars or something like that there's really something in it they they market them like crazy they build them up they create these these characters and these people and stuff like that um but but yeah you do have to to fight so you can only protect them for so long you know what mm -hmm. i mean because mm -hmm. eventually they're gonna have to fight like a real or fight. someone that, that maybe their skill set doesn't match up well. So it's like even with yeah, the true. last fight with like Sean, he's a good fighter. Cheeto's a good mm -hmm. fighter, but he's predominantly a stand-up fighter. So of course they're not going to give him some like, you know, division one national champion wrestler because he would just, that's his weakness. So you take him down, you know, stuff like that. So Cheeto is a predominantly a striker as well. So they're like, they know they're both good, but they're hoping that he were to win. Mm -hmm. But I was saying... Man, Cheeto's a like he was like a plus, I don't know, two twenty five. I was like, if you guys want to make some money, maybe bet on him. You know what I mean? Honestly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, you told me that. Anything could happen though, mm -hmm. but of course. And and yeah. he did exactly what I thought he was gonna do. With the injury, could it have been different? Who knows? Maybe they'll fight again. Um, so I noticed that, you know, when you guys were in the ring, um, and you get hit, like an elbow to the nose or a knee mm -hmm. to the eye. And you guys are like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, nothing but a thing. So do you guys really not feel that stuff? Oh, no, you, you feel everything. Like, especially like even me, I talk <laughs> but about But you have to act like you don't feel it, right? Just a poker face. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> yeah. cause that's, uh, you know, I, I, I've seen it multiple times in fights when I, like I'm hitting the person. You can see their eyes, stuff like that. I, I've been in fights where I'm. Uh, you hear that? Uh. I, or I'm on. I'm on top of somebody, and, and I'm hitting them, and I can see their eyes like rolling in the back of their head, and you know, it's like. And then I feel like I'm knocking them out, and then I hit them again, waking them up. But <laughs> but but, or if you hit someone hard and it hurts them, and they have this like you know like telling you know their face is like you know that hurt them. So like even though we're getting hit and it hurts. I'm trying to always stay like calm and collective. And even when you're, you're tired, you know, like you don't want to show that, like you these deep breaths and stuff because then they know you're, you're tired. So you're trying to, yeah, it's like poker in a sense. Um, <laughs> yeah, a little more until you get physical. knocked out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, or you can see when people went out of fights and, and, and I've been an athlete my entire life. I've wrestled uh, since I was a little kid all the way through college. And uh, you can see when, when you're starting to break somebody and I've done it in fights. And Tell me about that. What does that mean? It, it's just like they won out. It's that, that whole thing. Like it, it's, it's when like the going gets tough and, and they won out and, and they're, they're kind of cowering away. They're, they're showing like tells and stuff. Like maybe they're, they are breathing hard. Maybe you hit them and they're like wincing more. Uh, I can just see it in their face. It's kind of like an animal. Uh, I don't know if you've seen, you know, I have dogs and mm -hmm. you can see like one dog, when one dog gets out of hand, another, you know, the bigger dog or the tougher dog, mm -hmm. um, you know, dogs up on them. And you say that other dog, okay, all right, man. I, yeah, okay. I, I'm out of this. And they get that look in their eye. Like, yeah. okay. Or they just kind of like how they, right, right. Yeah, that, that look. So yeah. That, that's kind of like, if I, yeah, that, that's a perfect, you know I mean? That's, that's, it's kind of hard to explain it, mm -hmm. but like athletes, but you can know, feel it. Oh, I can, I can see it. I can feel it. It's, it's, uh, I know they won out, and I'm like, I'll, I'll give you, uh, I'll give you a way out. You know what I mean? So you give them um, a door. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I have noticed that about you. So one of the best knockouts I've ever seen was you, and hopefully we'll have footage of this running under this your your knockout of Michael Johnson. And um, so people always go, oh, he starched him, mm -hmm. and it's like, 
okay, if anyone wants to know what people mean by when they say starching somebody, yeah. they got to look at that video because that guy literally became stiff and fell over like a overly starched shirt. Yeah. Like, boom, straight down. But you know what I liked about it? Is that once he fell down, you didn't jump up on him and start throwing yeah. hammer fists. Yeah. You just were like, okay, I did my job and walked off. And you notice that many fighters, man, if a guy falls down, they jump up. And even though he's obviously out, yeah. eyes rolling, yeah. you know, doing that weird lung breathing thing, yeah. they still start throwing those hammer fists. And I'm like, come on, man, the guy's yeah. out. Like, how did? how do you feel about that? No, and, and I've talked about this several times. It's like, I think... Uh, I did it with Ricardo Lamas. Like I have a handful of knockouts. Oh, that was a good one too. And Ricardo Lamas, that that was the one where I took on a three week notice, and he was ranked number three in the world, and and I jumped in there because I knew what it would do mm -hmm. for my my career, you know. And I I had one fight at featherweight by that time because I had just dropped from lightweight to featherweight. I won a fight, and then I got presented uh, Ricardo Lamas because he was supposed to fight Jose Aldo. The winner of that was going to fight for the the featherweight title. Um, since Frankie Edgar got hurt, Aldo jumped up to fight Max Holloway, the champion at the time again. And so Lamas was left without an opponent. So, you know, I, I was like, hey, let me, you know, fast track my career. And I, I campaigned hard for that, that fight and I got it. And then I, I went in there and I knocked out the number three ranked guy in the world. I did the same thing. Like I, I hit him clean and I, I can feel it's almost like if you know if you golf or if you've played baseball it's it's when you're swinging as hard as you can at the thing it's when the you know it'll slice or you miss or whiff um, but when you hit but it perfect, when, you, when know. you just hit it like you know a, a, just a perfect swing you know and it's it's you're not forcing it um, but you can feel the connection of the club or the the bat like you know it's it's a home run or it's a it's a good clean shot. Uh, that's that's what it's kind of like fighting when I when I connect with something I can almost feel it like on the because you want to hit with your index and middle finger you know good. or the knuckle the placement that's, um, that's good that's good to know that's my takeaway from this yeah whole thing. that's why people a lot of people have like you know boxer breaks because they're hitting over here and it's like their, oh, really? their fourth and fifth metacarpal that break because it's the weaker bone but you want to land with those so I can I can just feel it you know when it's clean and then I obviously look at my opponent and and they're just you know like you said, starching them or it's just like a, they're just dropping. I, I know they're out. And so I think it looks a lot more sweeter. And I, I on all these people, I could have jumped on them and right. followed up, but that can, you know, everyone has a family too. And, 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 mm -hmm. and I know at the end of the day, it's like people say, don't stop until the ref is pulling you off. It's a lot of games, football, stuff like that. Don't stop till the whistle's blown. Um, if someone's out, they're out. Like, I yeah. don't want to kick someone while they're down. And, um, I think it looks a lot sweeter too. You know, I, I always say that's like hitting a grand slam in the World Series, just a walk-off grand slam. Right, you that looks way better when I, I just hit him. I know they're out, and I can just turn around and, and walk away instead of me jumping on them and following up with a few unnecessary shots. Yeah, yeah. And, and so, like that one and the Johnson fight, I, I knew they were out. You know, and, and I can react really fast, and it, it's within seconds. So when I hit someone and I, I drop them, if they're not, you know, falling over like a tree, then I, then I will pounce on them. And then right after that, I did it to Mirsad Bektik. Uh, I dropped him with a jab. I knew he was, you know, disoriented, but he wasn't out. So I had to mm -hmm. jump on him and follow up and get the, the TKO and things like that. Okay. So um, like it, it reminds me of the Randy Couture, uh, Michael Bisping fight. 
when Randy. Okay, I think it was Dan Henderson. Oh, that's right, the Dan yeah. Henderson. Right, yeah. thank you. The Dan. Sorry, man, I get those early guys all <laughs> confused. Uh, the Dan Henderson, Michael Bisping, when he knocked him on the ground, and then he jumped then he on jumped him. on him and just oh my god. Yeah, and that, that was, was all his raid, all that. Yeah, and and that's like, and they had a lot of you know bad blood and um, yeah, you know, a lot of bantering. So <laughs> yeah, so I dude. can understand that, like, you know, possibly I I haven't had that yet. I feel like you know I treat people the, the same way they they treat me, and everyone that mm-hmm. I fought has been somewhat like respectful. Um, but you know, you you never know if someone's yeah. under your skin that much, and you never know. Like, <laughs> I might be yeah. that someone that's <laughs> you yeah. know then then it's different. No, but. Yeah. But yeah, he could have he could have seriously injured he could have killed ruined his career. Yeah, or, yeah. A, I mean that was all his weight right falling. Yeah. That was just yeah. amazing. That was mm. uh, that's not what knocked his eye out, right? That's no. not what killed his eye. That was a no. that was something it was else. Something else. Yeah. It, um. So how do you feel about all these pink finger pokes that we're seeing now? And I've always been thinking like, when was the last time they updated the UFC gloves? Like, how do you feel about that? And not not against UFC. I mean, yeah, the, just the gloves that are used because you see finger pokes becoming a bigger and bigger part of this and um you know we saw it in the daniel cormier mm-hmm. fight um with stipe and john jones of course has all those finger pokes yeah. or alleged finger pokes um one have you been poked in the eye with the fingers and is there a way that they can do something with those gloves have they like when was the last time they they looked at changing them so anyway like make your hands more curved i don't know yeah. what, are your, what are your thoughts on that i think they're they're constantly trying to uh to do different things i'm not sure they're always like uh i don't know i i feel like they're always trying to figure out a way but it, it's so hard with mixed martial arts just because like we need our hands mm-hmm. and especially people that are predominantly like grapplers and wrestlers right. and stuff like that. that maybe they don't want their their hand curved and i think bellator i want to say their glove does have a little like arc on it mm-hmm. to prevent from that um but yeah I, I have been poked in the eye um i've been hit in the eye poked in the eye and even in practice, I've had some really gnarly um, finger po- pokes, and they've they've scratched the cornea of my eye, and that that's some of the most painful stuff. I don't know if you've ever done no, that, no, no, but it is so painful. Are you it's, kidding me? Oh my god, it's uh, I would rather be hit in the face like 10, 15, 20 times, uh, or, or maybe even more, instead of that, because it's it's something that you, I can't even describe. It's like putting like like little slivers of glass in your eye or sand or something like that. And it, and it's like that for a good 24 to 36 hours where you you're in so much pain and you're getting these eye drops and things like that. Uh, but, but at least your, your eye heals so fast. So, you know, you can be back to practice and doing things, mm-hmm. you know, within a week or so, but I, and you have to be on an, uh, antibiotic drops and stuff like that. But the first day or two, or especially the day first day is the most painful thing. Um, but if that happened in a fight, you would just keep going, right? Yeah, I would have to. You know, you I would check. just have to close one eye and keep keep going. But it, but it, it really distorts your your vision. It's blurry. Your eyes watery. It's it's like you you almost it affects the other eye. Like you can't even because you're in so much pain. You're squinting on this eye. It's almost like the other eye is watering and you're closing your eyes. So in a fight, if something happened that bad, like it's happened to me a few times in practice, um, I would keep fighting. But it would be man, I might be aiming over here, you know, when you're right there. It, it would really affect uh, yeah. my vision. And then from defense, right? I mean, you can't oh, see yeah. anything you coming that way. Oh, yeah, you can't see things, especially if you're closing that eye. You can't, yeah. you know, if if the the your opponent was, you know, a cer- cerebral fighter and, a, like, mm-hmm. more intelligent, then they would start, um, 
you know, if they could see injuries like that, obviously they don't know how you're feeling, but that's why you have to have that good poker face. Um, cause then I would start targeting those areas, you know? So would you ever tap? Um, it, yeah, of course. If it depends on the circumstance too. So if someone gets you in a, you know, like a, a heel lock. Yeah. If someone gets you in a, in a good submission where it's like, it's too late and, and they, they have you, it's like, yeah, of course I would tap just because it's, you know, it's, like I went, I, I tore my ACL and this is one of the most painful things I've went through. So I wouldn't want to completely, you know, just tear my knee mm-hmm. and be out for years. Um, so, so I would, if say they get you in an uh, arm bar or something like that, and it's in there so tight and it's it. either your, your arm's going to break. But if it was a different scenario, say it's, it's a championship fight, it's for the title. Say I have 20 seconds left or something and I'm winning the fight. I'm letting him break my arm it's for me to get the belt, you know, honestly. Yeah. So it just depends on the circumstance and like uh, a fight now, if they, they got, they get you, they get you, you know, like I'll tap. But if it's, it was something like that, um, dude, you're crazy. I'm, I'm letting my arm break. <laughs> you're crazy, man. <laughs> Cause it, it, it's, crazy. What I'm, it's what I'm like chasing, you know, it's <laughs> like, that's, that's my goal and I'm not going to stop until I get there. And if, if it was over a broken arm, so let me tell it. you, let me tell you, if I were in a fight, the first foot stomp, I would be in the fetal position, like tapping so quick, and I'd be yelling tap too. Tap, 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 tap. <laughs> like, I have no pain threshold, man. Um, but yeah, so you'd let him just say, break my arm, I'll give a if, if, uh, if, if it was a championship, yeah. Yeah, if it, it was like seconds to go and I'm winning the fight, yeah. And I think I'm that, not tapping. And like, I think that's because the difference uh, between being a fighter uh, and a champion financially uh, is just, they're completely different worlds, right? Yeah. What's the difference between being a current or former champion and just being a fighter um financially yeah i think like the like for me it's you know you'll hear a lot of people that are like i just want to be the best fighter on this planet i don't care about money all this type of stuff like i just love to fight and and in my mind i'm like you're an idiot like i'm i'm trying to it's a business you know so i'm i'm trying to make as much money as i possibly can and so so i 100 percent I fight for the money, you know, I feel like I, I don't enjoy the fight itself, you know, like I'm not having a good time in there, who wants to go get punched in the face, things like this. Um, so I don't enjoy fighting, but I enjoy the lifestyle, I enjoy what I'm chasing, um, just everything about fighting besides mm-hmm. the actual fight itself, but I think I'm really good at it. And um, there, there's no other job, I'm sure there is, but a lot of jobs you can't go even though I'm working the whole eight to 12 week camp, you go fight for 15 to 25 minutes and you can make, you know, hundreds mm-hmm. of thousands of dollars, or even for some of the champions, you can make millions. There's no job. You can just make these lump sums of right. cash. So, um, but from starting out at entry level fighter, I, I think the, say, say you get into the UFC, your debut, uh, I, I want to say it's, it's 10 and 10 right now. So it's 10,000 to, to show up if you win 10,000 to win, that's other than that, that's nothing you because know you got to I mean? pay for your gym time. You got to pay for your camp, right? Your, your team, everything. Yeah. And that's only, if you, that's only if you win. So it's like entry level fighter, $10,000. Say you lose your debut, you know, say, say you took it on a week notice, your, your dream and goal is to get to the UFC. So you're going to make $10,000. Um, yeah, you have to pay for your training camp. The UFC supplies the fighter and one coach airfare. Um, so typically you have three corners, so you have to pay for their airfare. 
um, you have to pay out of your pocket. Yeah, the fighter does. Yeah, the okay. fighter has to pay for the airfare. Um, they give you one hotel. You know, I'm not going to have myself and three of my coaches and people sleeping on a bed there or on the floor. They're out there to help me. So it's like I always, you know, buy different. You know, I, I put it so it's two in a room. You know what I mean? I usually get an Airbnb because I like to cook. And then I have some friends and my wife stay there. Then I have my, my coaches. I get them all rooms. Okay. I give them per diem. So you're thrifty. Things like that. Yeah, well, I'm just like, they're there for me. So I'm not yeah. going to make it, you know hard on like that much harder on them but they understand like someone coming into the ufc their debut you have to slowly climb up the ranks you have to get into it's just levels of contracts so it's like your first set of contracts you're not making anything say it's like in, and what i mean by that is say you get in there like we'll give you a three fight contract um you know but you win those three fights then they'll renegotiate bigger contract if you win two fights they really like you you're exciting they'll renegotiate at the two fights you know if you had a three fight contract um get you a bigger uh contract and, and this is where management comes into play and and how exciting you are uh, mm -hmm. you know and the potential they see in you so that's why i come from a wrestling background uh my my base and foundation is wrestling i could i could go out there take people down grind them out boring fights boring. winning decisions right. i wouldn't have got to the place i wouldn't I wouldn't be where I'm at as fast as I got there too, just because I know what the fans want to see. I know what mm -hmm. Dana White and it, it. At the end of the day, we're in an entertainment business. People want to see boxing. People want to see knockout. They want to see Michael Johnson gloves. getting starched. Yeah, so, that's, so that, that's the thing. So, so I aim to be entertaining. I want to be exciting. Like even wrestling all through my wrestling career, people like to watch me wrestle just because I was exciting. And so. I really want to be exciting when I'm when I'm actually fighting, you know, and uh, so you got to think about that, right? So you're thinking about that when you're preparing. You're like, yeah, I know I could probably wrestle and get in a better position, but shit, maybe I'm going to be too boring. So do you think about that? Does that? Well, well, I, I do, but but I I love the box too. So it's like, okay, I I know I need it's mixed martial arts. It's not boxing, but uh, even if I've never been in a boring fight, even when I was fighting on the regional scene before I got into mm -hmm. the UFC. You know, I was I was using a lot of wrestling and I was getting like finishes, TKOs, knockouts from like the top position with elbows and and strikes like that. So it's still I will never be in a boring fight. I can I can guarantee that um, I've never been in a boring fight. I'll, I never will be. Um, so even if I am using like more wrestling, it's just, that's just my style. Um, yeah, like I said, I, I aim to, to entertain and be so, exciting. So. so it's like um, that was the that was the problem when Ben Askren came on, right? Like everybody's like, oh, all this dude does is wrestle. I mean, he's boring. Like, why are we giving these shots? Like, no one wants to watch this guy. I mean, I heard a lot of fighters say that about, yeah. about Ben Askren. Well, and I think because he was such a high-level wrestler, he was the... I think it was one FC. He was the champion. Yeah. He was just making. He was all, undefeated when he yeah, came over. Undefeated. He was making all the fights just look so easy. You know what yeah. I mean? And and then he was saying he's the best. He's the best. But I feel like the UFC. I don't care. All the other organizations are great and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. the UFC is the biggest, best platform in the world. And that that was my goal from the get go. Mm -hmm. I only wanted to fight in the UFC. It was UFC or nothing for me. So that's why when he's saying that, people are like, you couldn't compete with. Uh, the guys in the UFC, but then he came over and, and he did, he did well, but then, you know, he, you know, he, he was just trying to wrestle people and stuff like that. And yeah. his, his striking maybe wasn't up to par with some of the people he was fighting. And, um, yeah, you know, cause he, these guys are good at everything. Yeah. 
They're good at everything. everything. For the, yeah, especially the guys. He had to come in and fight the guys in the top five, you know, <laughs> yeah. right off the bat because yeah. he was the best over there and mm -hmm. what he was saying. So it's uh, it is it is challenging. And, and then you have, you know, and he had that it factor outside. Like yeah. that was the talker. stuff where he's like talking and people love it. You know, they like the controversy, like they like all this stuff mm -hmm. because they're going to tune in to to watch you whether they love you or hate you. And, and that's what the UFC wants. And um, and so he had a target on his back the whole time with the people in his weight class. So, so those are the those are the contracts. So as you stay in, you get the bigger contracts. Um, but what about when you're not fighting? Like, okay, say you get yeah. hurt, right? So like yeah, you're hurt maybe, right now. Yeah. You can't fight for like ten months. Yeah, if that, you yeah. know, I, I'm not even sure the the time frame. But they say most ACLs are nine to eleven months. Mm -hmm. Who knows? Do they like, keep you like on a, on a like on a stipend or something to keep you going? And no. and you're lucky because you're you know you are 16 and two. You're you know ranked number seven. You're a household name amongst you know people that know the fight game. But what about a guy on his first contract and he gets hurt? Yeah. yeah, and he gets you know he gets the same injury. Yeah. Like how's that guy making a living? Maybe Uber. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> really? No, yeah, yeah, side no, gig serious. city. There, there's no, there's no monthly stipends. Uh, we're independent contractors, so we're technically not even employees of the UFC. We're, we're independent mm -hmm. contractors, but we can't, we can't fight in different organizations. We can't do stuff like that. Uh, you're contracted with only the UFC, um, and that's, that's the thing. It, it's, it's tough. So that's where you're looking for possibly sponsors and things mm -hmm. like that. And when I was fighting on the regional scene. Um, you know, I, I know a lot of people in Sacramento and, and so I and, and a lot of people that own businesses and stuff like that. So they were just helping me out just because they wanted to support me and, you know, help me because it, it's expensive. Like you have to pay your gym dues. You have to pay managers, uh, coaches, all your like supplementation, mm -hmm. your body work. Like it, it, it's pricey. Like I've seen people that make their debut. Um, they lose. They get beat up. They basically paid you know, two, $3,000 to, to get their ass kicked on television. Like, so they're under, so they're in the red Yeah, to get, to get beat. Yeah. I've, I've seen, I've seen things like this and, and this is like extreme. Say, say you got a, a week notice, um, fight in say a different country, Brazil, like I did. I, so even, so I can just go off of my experience, not even other people. I fought in Rotterdam in the Netherlands on a four day notice. Um, the the round trip airfare to from Sacramento to Rotterdam was twenty seven hundred dollars. My debut since I, I took it on a four day notice and I was fighting a tough tough guy. They they were a little more generous. They gave me twelve and twelve. Okay, so isn't anything, but an extra two thousand dollars. So twelve thousand dollars. I have three coaches, so I got myself and one coach. I paid for two other coaches. I flew my wife out there, and I flew my best friend out there. So that's that's like ten thousand over ten thousand dollars just an airfare, okay? Oh just an airfare. When we got to Rotterdam, it, it, Europe is, you know, I'm not yeah, sure yeah. if you've been there, but yeah. like the beds are yeah. tiny. They're twins. <laughs> so then we get there and we're thinking they're like normal hotels in Vegas or yeah, you know no, in the no, states, no, yeah. two queen beds. We get there, the room is like <laughs> as big as this table, and we have two twin beds, and there's four of us. And I'm yeah. like, this isn't gonna work. So I had to get you know two more hotels and yeah. stuff like that. So if I would have lost, oh my God. I would have, I would have been that boat. I would have paid to, to lose. And that's just you know what, what it mean? is, man. It's just roll the dice, huh? Yeah. Like, you got to take those you're, risks. You're, you're betting on yourself, you know, yeah. basically. And it's, uh, don't get me wrong. Like I, I, I do appreciate like the, the UFC and the route that I've gone, 
but it, it's been a tough, tough road to, to yeah. get there, you know, like a tough journey. Um, well, so then, I mean, you, you know, you're doing that and, you know, you could lose everything. And then you see a guy with a couple fights, but, you know, he's a really good looking dude who appears to be Captain America, like a Sage Northcutt or something. And suddenly, you know, and you don't have to comment on the particular people. Yeah. And then, you know, suddenly he's like, boom, 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 right? I mean, he's getting these big, I'm sure he's making more than, I'm sure, I'm sure yeah. Shane, Sage was making more than 12 and 12. Yeah. Um, I mean, how does that make you feel? I mean, on the on the other hand, though, it allows for guys who are like a Cheeto Rivera or Cheeto. Mm-hmm. Um, it allows for them. Hey, if I beat this dude, now they can't ignore me, right? Yeah, you kind of so, still. Yeah, yeah so it's time. on both sides, right? So, so it is good. And, and at the end of the day, like I'm not going to hate on anyone's like yeah. success. You know, like I, I'm glad. Yeah, they're doing great. I just say, why can't it be? like that across the board for everybody so for the people that are coming in and they're they're hard workers never had mm-hmm. anything and nothing handed out to them or no you know no like no one building them up or marketing him doing that certain things but it's like then again like sage is a great guy he's you mm-hmm. know he was on our he's on our team he's 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 genuinely like one of the nicest people i think i've ever met like you know like so that's he, no act no that's not an act like he's gen he that's him like yeah. i remember when he like first came over and uh we were actually sparring and and i hit him with like kind of a clean hard shot and right there in sparring he's like oh great shot josh i was like wow (laughs) no but he he's he's the nicest guy and he's he's really he's really fast he's athletic he's really good on his his feet and that's why i think he came to our gym because he wanted to get better at wrestling Mm jujitsu stuff like that and he has a bright future but i think when he got in he was on the dana white looking for a fight show Mm -hmm. They saw how good he was. They gave him the contract, and then I think they were they were promoting him, marketing him like no other. And he was he was getting paid really well. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the same thing. Like even he he tested his free agency, fought out his contract, uh, tested free agency because he wanted to kind of see his worth. Mm-hmm. And these other organizations, they picked him up, and and the the UFC couldn't even compete with that because how much money these people are even given signing bonuses and stuff like that. And, and so, he, man, he, he got paid and, but, but even like that, he, we had kind of same injuries. He had all the facial fractures that I sustained too, mm-hmm. but he also probably made for that, like, I don't even know, 20 times or something like what I made. What? You know? Insane, you know, but <laughs> oh my God. It, yeah, just in a different organization. So it's, uh, so you're not going to hate on that, right? No, no, I, I'll never hate on anyone's success. Even these guys, like say, say they're, they're three fights in and they have it and that's their thing. And the UFC is paying them well, like good for them. I just wish it could be fair across the board. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like for someone that's like working their ass off and like I said, doing so much and then they're just kind of being swept under the rug and stuff like that. Yeah. It's uh yeah, I'll never, I'll never hate on someone's success or doing well, you know, like good for them. Like I'm happy for them, but I just want it to be more fair. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're here to make money. I mean, you made that yeah. pretty clear. So, I mean, if this guy Sage or Paige Van Zandt, well, what do you think about that? So Paige Van Zandt, um, she was one, I think some people might say she was hyped up um, earlier in her career and then kind of ran it's into that, a, that a marketing factor. Like yeah. she had, you know, for her being like a, you know, a, just a, a female MMA fighter and maybe she didn't look like the mm-hmm. the typical fighter mm-hmm. you know and she was really marketable and things like that and and so you know they promoted her a lot but she just got like a huge she right. tested her free agency and now she's picked up by bare knuckle boxing like yeah I heard multi-million dollar deal like great for her like yeah who, who wouldn't who wouldn't do that like so, honestly 
I was going to ask you about that. So how do you feel about so her going to bare knuckle, which uh-huh. I think is crazy given that, you know, that's her moneymaker right there. Um, though I think the guys usually look a lot worse in those bare knuckle fights than the women I've seen <laughs> in the fights, right? I mean, they end up looking, I don't know why, but... Maybe just like the power, I'm not sure. And yeah. even just your, your knuckles, yeah. it's just skin on skin. It's just, I feel like it maybe looks a little worse than it actually is, but yeah. I, I would love to... You know, I, I would do something like that. Yeah, you yeah. Know, I was going to ask you, would you? Yeah, you oh, wouldn't yeah, be. bare knuckle boxing because it's like, okay, we fight with a four ounce glove, but then you can throw elbows, elbows, knees, right? Kicks. Like, I'd rather get hit with a bare knuckle fist in my face than, than an elbow, an elbow or a shin. A shin feels like someone swinging a baseball bat at your head. You know, really? Yeah, for a hundred percent. So it's uh, you you'll see people that are holding wooden bats, baseball bats, and people kicking them breaking them with their shins like i would much rather be hit with a a fist than than an elbow or a knee or even a a baseball bat you know shin and and the amount of force that they're swinging that it's 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 painful and and all you have to do is worry about hands you know like Mm -hmm. i don't have to worry about takedown yeah that's true like i i love to box just in general i love boxing um but yeah, that's maybe you'd have to change up your strategy and game plan because uh-huh. I feel like with me, if I was bare knuckle boxing or doing something like that, you know, I break my hands with 16 ounce boxing gloves. I break my hands in, in MMA gloves. So I don't know if I would like shatter my hands or I'll just have to like <laughs> yeah, hit yeah. a lot lighter. But then that's that's kind of difficult yeah. to turn into a know? slap You're fight. In a fight. But it's like, yeah. You say you want to hit a little lighter, but then they're trying to take your head off. So you're swinging at everything you have. It might not be a good uh move for my my hands <laughs> oh man so what what is the hardest hit you've ever had do you you know i mean it could be training can you who yeah. is like hit you the hardest you're like damn that dude really nailed me what the hell and i know i know before you answer i know not aside from the hardest hit is always the one you weren't expecting right that's that's the one that knocks you out those right those are the ones that typically will like knock you out and th- not yeah. even that they're hard those it's, are the ones you that, weren't expecting it's it. just the ones that you don't see yeah and they could just glance you on the right you know just the button is what they call it on the chin or somewhere you know and it's just a a, a glancing punch but those you are the ones you that drop it. you it's the hardest punches where they're winding up there they're throwing them and you're ready hurt a little but you're blocking them you're you're yeah. prepared for them yeah so what what can you remember any where you're yeah. just like oh man that that good like you did your sage north cut good shot guy <laughs> yeah no yeah for sure uh I, I i always say when i was fighting on the regional scene for west coast fighting championship um i was their lightweight champion i was defending mm-hmm. my title and I, we were fighting for a like a, a it was a super fight because it was this guy that was christos yagos he was in the ufc really good i don't know why i think with like uh, when the UFC was doing something with their budget and stuff, they had all these like budget cuts. So they cut him and he was on like a winning streak. I was surprised. So he was trying to work his way back into the UFC. He was fighting winning fights. He came in and, and so I fought a UFC vet. Um, he hit really hard and I say it to this day, he was like one of the hardest punching guys uh, that I fought. Awesome dude. And then he actually, after he lost to me, what, he- What was the punch? Uh, you know, or what was- what, yeah, just he just hit hard like a okay. straight cross. Like I, I remember in the fight we were we were fighting. Um, he hit me. I think it was just a straight right, but he it actually hit me right in the throat. Oh Jesus! And Christ. it was it was it was pretty it was painful and I, and I, and how hard he hit me it was kind of in the neck actually because I just felt this weird sensation like maybe like the blood flow stopped for a sec. Then I my head just started tingling and I got really like kind of lightheaded for a sec. But I was 
like in that moment i was like thank god he didn't hit me in the chin with that yeah you'd have been out right yeah you never know but (laughs) i'd like to say no but uh no (laughs) but uh yeah, I was just thinking right then. I was like, man, thank God he didn't hit me in the chin. But it was the weirdest Christos thing. Christos Yagos, huh? Christos Yagos. And he's back. He, then he went on to win several fights. He's back in the UFC doing really well. But I always say, you know, he was one of the, the hardest punchers that I've fought. But then I go spar with a lot mm-hmm. of uh, like yeah, that's what I was... pro boxers. Yeah. And this is at, uh, so my, my buddy uh, Ruben Torres and even Xavier Martinez, he's a... Uh, he's a lighter guy, but he's going to be, he's like Sacramento's best kept secret. The guy's um under uh the money team he's and uh mayweather promotions and stuff like that okay and he's i think he's i think xavier is like i want to say 14 or 15 and 0 right now with i I don't even know 12 13 knockouts like he's really good he's going to be um you know he'll he'll bring a title back to to sacramento he's out in vegas right now helping javante davis oh uh, for his his upcoming fight and and I think Xavier has a big fight coming up in October or maybe September. Uh, but Ruben, I, I spar Ruben a lot, and that's my buddy, and he he's a really good boxer, and he he hits hard. Like so, the boxers really yeah, it's it's different. It's uh, that's oh, really? why yeah, it's so different because I feel like I would go and spar them because it's a. Uh, it's different. That's why I've got so comfortable just staying in the pocket and stuff like that. And they have bigger gloves and in boxings, punches and bunches. Those guys, even though they have three minute rounds, the punches never stop for three minutes. They have such a high output and such their pace is like no other. And they're constantly coming. The The UFC is um, or not, not the UFC. MMA is different. People throw maybe one, mm-hmm. two, maybe three punches and mm-hmm. then they're out. You know, they're in right. and out, but boxers just nonstop. The punches are flying from everywhere. And I've seen Xavier uh, sparring other guys, and he's just so talented that he's he's clearly not going hard because he doesn't want to, like, injure his uh, his sparring partners or have them never come back. But I see him just, like, he, just his defense is so good, and he's toying with them and just making it look easy, and he's not even trying. And then even Ruben, he, he's a hard-hitting guy. Like, we used to go every Friday night and spar hard and so we're like fighting so it's like friday night me and him are fighting we're, we're doing six to eight three minute rounds with 30 second break in between 16 ounce gloves headgear and uh you know like we have like the, the boxing cup so they protect your your lower mm-hmm. abdomen a little bit more um i've had after sparring him like bruises on my like midsection who the hell gets bruises on their <laughs> stomach and stuff like that yeah. that's how hard he hits you know and, and we're just creaming each other like Jesus. it's uh you know i'm trying to avoid some of that now but it's just because it's like maybe that's that's you know i just need to get to the fight and so now i'm I'm being a lot smarter with my my sparring and and the damage to my head because i feel like when you're a new fighter you need you know we call it mat time for like wrestling i've wrestled since i was a little kid so i've had i've had hundreds probably thousands of wrestling matches um you need the the mat time on jujitsu. You need those hard sparring rounds to get comfortable with punches. Like, you know, you you see the people that are like wincing, and you don't want to do that in a fight, turning away, wincing. So you have to be comfortable with punches coming at you and just barely slipping, and just you just you want them to kind of graze you, just you know, mm-hmm. slip, and then you can fire back with something. Mm-hmm. So you so you have to get comfortable. I've had my. You know, I've had my hard sparring uh, sessions and rounds and stuff like that for over a decade. I've been doing this and pursuing this. So now I'm just kind of toning it down a lot so I can 
be in the best condition. I'm, I'm constantly trying to develop as a fighter, even every day, every camp, like I, I'm like a sponge, like I'm always going to learn. And that's the great thing about mm -hmm. mixed martial arts is you will always learn, you know, you, and, and I have no, there's no ego involved, anything like that. I know there are with other fighters, but just speaking on behalf of myself, it's like, you know, if someone tells me something or I learned something and, and it'll work into my, you know, I can implement it into my arsenal or, or whatever I, I'll, I'll do. Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't you? So, um, now I just need to get to the fight so I can, so I can fight and, mm -hmm. and, and, and make some money because I'm not getting paid for those fights in the gym. Right. You know right. I mean? That's a good yeah. way to put it, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're not getting paid yeah. for that. If something if you were get to happen, hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Then it, I don't get paid. So Uber. And, and that's happened that I was supposed to fight at the beginning of the year. I got injured, um, and then I was, you know, I, I was out. Gotta so work. it's like, it's yeah, it's just. Do they well? Do they give you understanding the financial um, issues with you know not just UFC but all the promotions? When you sign up, do they give you like some some classes on economics and and personal finance to say, hey, no. make sure you save you know enough money to pay taxes. Make sure you know you save some savings because you could get hurt and be out on sideline for a while does anyone sit you down and do that and again not just ufc but other you know other promotions too not that i'm aware of no because like, what i'm concerned about is like you're gonna have a fighter who gets like a two hundred thousand dollar payday without understanding dude that's only a hundred thousand yeah um and then you got to pay all your stuff down yeah. and then what if you you know after your knee up yeah. during the fight, you're going to be out for like nine, but no one, do you think no. that would be helpful? I mean, oh, I think it would. A hundred percent. No, I, I agree. And, and I think that's based off of some of the fighters like Mike it, Perry. It's different. Right. Know? Cause didn't Mike Perry like have to now fight to pay his taxes? Yeah. That's what he, that's what he was saying. And yeah. he's, uh, <laughs> yeah, he he was saying just like that, like don't give me the money, you know, and not expect me to spend it. Expend it, but it, but I feel like people don't have that. Like it's it's even like yeah. with some of the injuries I've gone through. I'm just fortunate and lucky enough that I know like doctors and therapists, and I I have like a, you know, I I call it like a, a team, and I'm not talking about just team mm -hmm. alpha male. I'm talking about like the team that helps me with my camp and just just everything. Like if I didn't have certain people in my life, I wouldn't know the route to go. So even with like the you know your your financial responsibilities, like. A lot of people don't have that. They, they don't offer that. The UFC doesn't. Mm -hmm. Other organizations, not that I'm aware of, offer that. All the organizations I've fought for uh, have never offered that or even said anything about it. Um, so you just have to, you know, either they're going to learn the hard yeah. way or you just have to have, like, you know, a mentor or someone that can tell you, like, yeah. hey, don't spend that. You need to put, you know, X away for this and do this. And yeah, so you're not screwed at the end of the year, you know. Even the other, I think, even the other sports leagues do that with rookies, right? I know the NFL does it with rookies, and I know the NBA does it with rookies. They sit down, they have like a one or one week or one couple days of, hey, man, here's how you become a responsible adult. And understanding that a lot of these guys have grown up with everybody just giving them everything their entire yeah. lives, right? Because they're or, great or they've, athletes. they've come from nothing, and then all of a sudden they yeah. have all this money, and like they never got to do anything. Or And that's the same thing with, with fighters. Like even myself. Like I, you know, my mom was a single mother. She raised my brother and I, uh, we had nothing like growing up, you know, she used to have to budget like a hundred dollars a week. So like our outing would be to go to, you remember the birdcage, uh, yeah, dollar man. movie theaters. Like I worked there. Oh really? So, so maybe <laughs> yeah, that, that's there. like, maybe we would get to do that. Like yeah. maybe we would get to go see a dollar movie. We couldn't have any, like we couldn't have a soft drink. We couldn't do popcorn yeah. or candy, but we could see a dollar movie. And then that's, that's just what we had. So it's like, I've been chasing this dream. Like for so long since like you know over a decade and so like like i grew up 
what neighborhood? Sacramento. No, well, what, like, like what neighborhood? Well, just, we, we bounced all over the place. Yeah. Like we've, uh, we were constantly moving like every, I don't know, few years yeah. or something like that. Did you get in so, any fights in the neighborhood? Uh, Is that how you feel, realize, hey, I can do this? No, no, no? honestly, not so much. Like a few little like scuffles and uh-huh. things like that, but not like full on like fights and yeah and stuff like that um yeah but yeah no nothing so so that was your your deal was wrestling and you're like hey i think i could take this the next level because ufc was popping and you're like hey i think there's a future for this it wasn't like you you were the guy who would get in fights and be like yeah man i'm gonna be a fighter yeah speaking of that man have you ever fought a street fighter like as an adult, has anybody ever, have oh, you ever yeah, been yeah. in a bar fight or a street fight or anything? And yes. What's the difference, man? What's the difference between? Because you see these guys, right? And they're you know they're like walking around like you know they're the shit, and yeah. they get in these fights. And I'm like, dude, like you could you you wouldn't last a minute with yeah. a real fighter. And have you been in one of those situations? Yeah, like like in a fight or just in, yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 outside yeah. of the ring. Um. Well, the same thing. Just little little like little scuffles, scuffles. And, and it's like. Like my friends, like I have a big like yeah, sure you got a, a pack, big yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ni- like close friends that we've yeah. been friends since high school and stuff like that. So it's like it's the same group and everything, and and I'm the smallest guy yeah. um, out of all all my friends, and like you know, so it's kind of funny. Like if things were to happen, some people would turn around and like they'd see me and like they, come they would you. start they, yeah, same, and then my <laughs> friends are like, that's probably the the guy you least want to pick a fight with, even though I'm the smallest guy. Yeah, um, but yeah, I think I think it's just I don't know. I see it. I don't know. I see it all the time, but I, I just feel what, like... What's the difference between a guy who wants to be a, a, a bar I, fighter? Well, if you're a, a professional, it's like, okay, a street fighter. And I've even fought guys that are like just street fighters or just whatever yeah. you want to... Like, they're just getting into because they think they're a, they're a fighter. Like, oh, I've been in... I've won this many fights on the street. I'm like, what? I'm like, okay, it's just... There's levels to it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, there there's levels just like anything. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, maybe they because someone doesn't fight so maybe they could beat up like the average joe on the street but then when right. you're you're fighting mm-hmm. someone that actually can fight um yeah like you're saying they they won't last a minute or you could just, yeah then you could play with them you no know you see I mean? it a lot i mean if you go on youtube and you do like oh, yeah. you know the pros versus like you know not pros that was a show pros but you know you see it yeah. like these average dudes taking on right these street fighters taking on professional fighters and the first thing is they always run out of gas like after 15 seconds, they're just like bent over on their knees, right? Yeah. And the second thing is I think you see them just wailing, yeah. right? And then in the middle of it, the professional fighter just puts a couple body shots uh-huh. and they're on their, they're on their knees. Um, but is that it? it? I mean, it's just they just don't have the, the cardio or they or just... They don't have the experience. They don't have like maybe you can, you can throw some hands, but they don't... I don't know. There's no... Uh, they haven't been like training or anything like that. So probably, yeah, they don't have the cardio. They're just, but don't get me wrong. There's like, I have some friends that like, they've never fought professionally or they've never trained. But they're like athletes. And, and they're athletes and they can fight. And I've seen them fight and uh, like on the street and stuff like that. And, you know, it's. Did you critique them after? <laughs> no, because <laughs> no, I, I not. It's This is like a long time ago when yeah. I was, you know, growing up. But um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not out getting any fights or even my friends or anything like that you know uh, so what's, i'll get in trouble so yeah well now you <laughs> yeah. know that's your money maker now man you're gonna risk that so what what is more painful those shots from those boxers or those elbows or you know those hits or dieting cutting weight how painful is cutting weight man because i've i've seen some of these folks and they just look like like you saw johnny hendrix the guy looked like death 
You know, you see Conor McGregor when he was cutting weight. I mean, he looked like death. How painful is I've seen videos of um, of uh, Cyborg uh-huh. when she was cutting weight and she was crying. Yeah. Like, how, how painful is that, man? It's, it's, it's hard. Like, uh, the cutting weight, like, for, for me, it's – and it's not so much – like, well, it, it all depends. So, like, going back to – just cutting weight is hard because you have to be on such a strict diet, such a clean diet for su- such a long time. And me personally, I love food. That's like my biggest thing. So it's like I splurge on, you know, like eating out like good, good food and, and traveling. Um, so when I have to go to, I always joke around and call it rabbit food because I'm like, I'm on for like six to eight weeks. I'm, you know, just on such a, everything's like uh, just timing too. So it's like, what time I have to eat this right after training, right before everything like that. And it's all weighed out, uh, portions, things like that. But it also depends on working with some of the, if, if you have a good team behind you, um, like right now I'm, I'm working with, it's called perfecting athletes. Um, Paulina and Michelle and stuff, they are like lifesavers. Um, they, they work with some of the best boxers, like world champions. They work with Terrence Crawford. They work with like Olympians. They work with UFC mm-hmm. champions. And, and I'm just fortunate again, that uh, they were able and willing to work with me. And, and if you have the right team behind you and they know what they're doing, um, it makes everything hell of a lot easier. Like for my last fight, um, out of all my, my wrestling career, my MMA career, I've always worn a plastic sauna suit fight week and and cutting weight for wrestling um i've used the sauna the dry sauna as well this last camp was the easiest cut um i didn't use a sauna suit i didn't use a sauna a dry sauna or wet sauna and um don't get me wrong it's it's hard and that's a mental thing too most people could do it but most you know that they would give up before like even normally i would walk around when i'm enjoying and loving life um like traveling around and just eating whatever, drinking whatever, I'll be, you know, 185 is like my natural weight. I fight at 145 pounds. Um, so that's a 40 pound cut. I've been even heavier uh, up to like 196. Like when I fought in Sacramento uh, in 2019, one week later before I went to Europe, I woke up at 196. That's 50 pounds in one week. It's definitely <laughs> oh God, not healthy, dude. but I was like, you know, for a lot of it, it was like, sodium and yeah. water retention and stuff and i get like it's called like edema pedema whatever yeah, it's yeah, called edema. but it's like i looked like from my knee down to my ankle it was just like i had cankles and you could push it in and Why? the indentation because of all like because i'm eating so clean for such a long time and then afterwards i'm eating like you know sugar and desserts and like all these high sodium drinking and so i think i'm just holding on to the mm-hmm. water mm-hmm. and it's definitely not healthy but like I put on 50 pounds in one week. And then after I drink a lot of water and start doing it, then, like, it, out. then it flushes out. But my natural weight is like in the 180s, 180 to 185. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it is so challenging. So when I lose, say I, I get down to 165 and I've, I've already lost 20 pounds, you know, that's hard. And I still have 20 more to go in like three God, weeks dude, or something. Depressing. And, and I talk to some like friends and they're like, how much weight do you have? And I'm like, you know, like 18, 20 more pounds. And they're like, oh, that's easy. I'm like, that's easy. Like you can't even lose five pounds in two months. Like and I already lost 20, <laughs> yeah. I have 20 more to go. And you're telling me that's easy. It's just, it's just funny because people have no idea. No, like, I don't. It's, it's the, it's the mental, uh, just fortitude and just like, just being like, it's, yeah. it's all mental. And that's what fighting is too. I feel like, I feel like fighting is more mental than, than physical. It's like, 
I'd say like 80, 20, you know, it's like that, that Mm -hmm. much, if not more. Well, yeah. I mean, the ability to, to think about what you're going to do next, where that person is on your body and how you could best, you know, um, uh, respond to what that person is trying to do while you're getting punched in the face. Yeah. And still stay calm and just (laughs) be strategic. Yeah. It's uh, it's different, but but I think that's where the experience comes into play so much, you know, because even in my earlier like career of fighting, I was, you know, I would always have this like, oh, I'm going to go in there and just box with the guy. And then before you know it, I'm like shooting in because that's natural. And that's like what I, you know, I resort back to my wrestling day. So I think I'm going to go stand in there and knock someone out. And then uh, I get hit once and I'm shooting in for a takedown. Next thing you know, I'm on the ground and you're not really thinking too much. But now it's just like. I treat it like a glorified sparring match, a big uh, wrestling finals match, things mm-hmm. like that. And I feel like I've been doing it for so long um, that now I'm like, I feel like I'm just clocking in, uh, you know, punching into work. And, and, and I am calm in there the whole time and yeah. uh, just thinking. And, and that's where I think younger fighters, if I could say anything to them, is like everyone's so gung-ho about, I want to get to the UFC, get to the UFC um, as fast as they possibly can. But, you know, they pad their record a little, then get into the UFC at like five, six and no. Now, before you couldn't do that, but now they mm-hmm. have the contender series and all these mm-hmm. other things. I, I just tell the younger fighters, I'm like, take your time. Like the UFC is not somewhere that you want to develop and learn because right. you're fighting the best fighters in the world. Do that on the regional mm-hmm. scene. Do it on a, a feeder league or something like that. Get as much experience as you possibly can because people's dream is to get to the UFC. They'll get in the UFC and then they'll get beat up right. and embarrassed and go, Oh, and two out, or maybe yep. win a fight. And then, and then what? Like mm-hmm. that was your dream. You didn't make any money and you got, you know, probably lost up. money. Yeah. It's like, it depends on like, yeah. So it's yeah. just, it's kind of, it, it's tough. So it's like, but it's, it's a fine line. But then again, it's like, it's such like, I, I, I love it. I, I love it, but I also, it's like a love hate well, relationship. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's well on, on the love hate. So, yeah. how'd you feel when they yanked your sponsors? So, so now you guys had to have like everybody has to have Reebok. Well, and now it's changed to Venom, which I've never heard of. But hey, man, God bless them. I'm sure they're a great product. Uh, I'll wait to see what their stuff looks like. Yeah. But I know before that, everybody had to, you know, you're allowed to make money by, you know, putting stuff in your shorts and wearing their hats and holding up their stuff mm-hmm. in the winters, you know, in the middle of the ring. But then they took that opportunity to make that money and everybody had to wear the Reebok. Do you, would you like some point to see the ability to go and hustle your own sponsors come back because that you know oh, that's yeah. real money I, I wouldn't and see i when i was fighting on the regional scene i was able to do that like i was saying with all like the local businesses and people that just wanted to support me but the ufc i, I was uh i never experienced that in the ufc because they they were already yeah. uh, with reebok before i got in so i got in and i just went into that but I was making more money on the regional scene with uh, local sponsorships than I was for your first couple contracts, probably. Actually, no, because it's on Reebok uh, sponsors on a tiered system. Okay. So it's like, and I know they change it up a little now, but when I got in and I'm still on the old thing, um, your first, fi- I think it's one through five fights are only $2,500, six to 10 or 5000 And then it's like, yeah, it goes up um five thousand dollars until you get to over 20 fights and it's twenty thousand so so it's it's twenty five hundred five ten fifteen yeah twenty i i only have nine fights so i'm still only from reebok making five thousand dollars in the ufc that could be one sponsor 
yeah, I, I was still making more on the regional scene. Not not by much, but you know, but yeah. for me having nine fights in the UFC when I was fighting for West Coast Fighting and I could put them like local businesses on my shorts, on my banner. Yeah. Um, I, w- I, was pro- I was probably making around five to six grand, maybe seven grand on sponsorships. And so I was technically making more, but obviously the, the pay is nowhere near um, like what I am now. Cause I-, I was fighting UFC vets, guys with 30, 40 fights, just because the team I come from, the record I had and mm-hmm. um, it-, it was challenging for me to get fights. So I was, I was fighting some guys like that. Christos Yagos, that was a UFC vet, really good fighter. He's doing well in the UFC. I fought him for one thousand dollars. <laughs> my God! Yeah, it was dude. horrible, and, and and even like, and and that it was frustrating because if I would have fought him in the UFC, we would have got fight of the night because it was it was going to be a five round fight. It was back and forth yeah. for three rounds. I we would have got fight of the night, so that would have been a knockout fifty k bonus, and I knocked him out. That was the first time he's ever been knocked out, and the way I did it, I would have got two bonuses. You know, so I would have made $100,000 just in bonuses. I would have made my Reebok money and then whatever my show and win purse would have been. But I made $1,000. And then not to like West Coast Fighting Championship and the, and the the owner of that, Brandon Ware, like I'm so grateful for them. Yeah, because it was, opportunity. It, yeah. was in the, in, it was in our backyard. They had such a good promotion and production um, that they had pay-per-view fights. It was streamed on online. Um, they did media day. They did all these things that got me prepared for the UFC. It was like a, a mini version of that. Sure. So it was just obviously the UFC is on a much larger scale. Yeah, yeah. So it's like it got me prepared. So I'm so grateful. But it's kind of funny even looking back to that. We did get fight of the night, um, fight of the year. Would they get you a sh- handshake? $250. <laughs> $250. I was like, I, I felt like I was like, oh, thanks. But it's kind of like it's a slap in the face. But like, keep keep that. But yeah. it, it was fun. It's funny, though, thinking about that. Like yeah. now, you know. Yeah, I saw a video of you fighting a dude who's like a foot and a half taller. Yeah, I, I fought a guy. Uh, I think he was like Smith. way taller. He was weight Six a lot more four. than you. No, he was, yeah. Well, he was uh, he was technically he's fought at 185 middleweight mm-hmm. and 170 welterweight. I was supposed to fight at 155. My opponent got injured. I used to make a lot of money off ticket sales too. So that's how we made our money. So even oh, okay. though I say I was fighting for a thousand bucks with sponsors, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. You on the shirts. So I, I was, yeah, I was making like, I don't know, 13, 14,000 cash. It's not the best, but that's like equivalent to say like yeah. 26 grand, $25,000. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, but anyways, my opponent got injured uh, the week of and I had so many friends already coming to to the fight and I sold tickets and I make a percentage of this. So it's like, I needed to fight, I needed to get paid. So I was like, again, for me, I've never said no to a fight. I've never turned a fight down. They said, hey, how about fighting this middleweight welterweight? He says he'll drop down a little bit. So I still, I went up in weight. I didn't have to cut as much weight to get down to 155. I was like, yeah, let's do it. He was 6'4". I saw that yeah. video, man. Yeah. That so was it was like huge. He was huge. So it's like, yeah. I was like, ah. How do you do? What do you yeah. do when you fight a dude that tall? I mean, you just go in, you go like chest to chest. Yeah, so I like, uh, I, I was, he had definitely had the reach and that's, on me. That's good for me guy. to know, by the way. I need <laughs> yeah. to know this. Well, that's where my wrestling comes into play. <laughs> so I was able to, you know, I was still swinging for the knockout. Uh, but then we ended up kind of tying up and I took him down. And then I just kind of resorted to that. But that was an awkward fight just because he was, uh, you know, him being so tall, he was surprisingly super strong and he was so long. So he like, you know, kind of like wrap me up and all these things, but I, I ended up like taking his back and flatten him out, you know, with putting like both yeah. my legs in like the vines or the hooks yeah, and then you were just him, and then TKO'd him. him. Yeah. Um, 
but it was uh that, that was an awkward fight and yeah. it was tough but i i technically i fought it I fought at welterweight before. I fought at 55, and I currently fight at 45. So I fought at three different weight classes. What do you like the best? Um, Probably the heavy, so you don't have to cut as much. <laughs> yeah, basically. But then those guys are so, so tall and big, and yeah. uh, so I, I do like the the featherweight right now, just because I feel like I feel like I'm an average to maybe on the bigger spectrum of. Uh, like just size, people are still. I'm, I'm still yep. short, so well, people are still taller. Than so me. after you weigh in, right? How much? How much weight do you put on before the fight? Like uh, by the time that bell rings, how much have you gained? Yeah. So so typically, because we weigh in now Friday morning, um, I, I'll weigh 145. Uh, I'll usually put on. I'll get up to like 173, 174 within For the fight. like 12 hours. Jesus. No, just like just from fluids, like fluids and eating. I'll be like 73, 74 at night. And then, you know, it kind of goes through you. So the next night, I typically fight around 170 because they weigh us right before we go. Like when we get to the arena, they weigh us just to check our weight. <laughs> and then, but I, I typically weigh like 170 um, when I when I actually, when I'm fighting. Dude, that's good to know because I, I see these fights with these featherweights or the, you know, and I'm like, God, there's no way this dude is weighing that, right? And yeah. that, that makes sense now. So these guys blow back but, up. But some people, some people don't cut that much weight or maybe they only cut like five to 10 pounds. So then they only- around. Yeah, so then they they'll go back whatever your your like walk around weight is for like the most of the camp like that's probably what you'll go back to like you know people come in they cut ten pounds fight week they'll probably only put on eight to ten pounds you know what I mean so mm-hmm. it's it's uh, some some people will be I don't know one fifty six maybe one sixty but then bigger guys that cut more weight um, they they just fill out a lot more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> God, yeah, that that if anybody has a chance to look at that video, man, look it up. That's that's a pretty interesting fight when I yeah. when I pulled that up and I saw you and I saw the guy walk out and I was like, "Holy Yeah, he, It's he like a dad a fighting his, his his son. <laughs> yeah, he was right. he was so big. Yeah. And I don't know how they made that match, but now that makes sense, right? Yeah, just cuz I I needed You're to like, get I'll paid take it. and I had a lot of a lot of friends coming, so I was like, ah. Eh. And that's what my coaches and even like friends were like, why are you fighting him? That doesn't, I was like, it's okay. Yeah, it worked out. Yeah, it you worked, worked out. out. You got that yeah. bonus. Or did you get a bonus for that one? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, not for the West Coast. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so when is your leg better and when, when do you expect to fight next? Um, yeah, I'm not sure. It's just uh, this Friday will mm-hmm. be uh, seven weeks post op since I've had the full ACL reconstruction. They use a patella tendon. Um, I don't know just talking to people everyone's different um they they say the pts are saying they would mm-hmm. prefer nine to eleven months of rehab and then book a fight um the minimum they'll clear me to come back to doing anything is six months um i also i've seen like because i've been reading up on a lot mm-hmm. of things with athletes and stuff asking everybody that kind of specializes in this uh this area um i've seen other studies that your your acl and since i did the full reconstruction like it's not like a part of my body and my body recognizing it until like the 18 month marker i've seen where they were doing mris like every two months until the 18 month marker and that's when it like not adopts it but it's like it's part of you now like even right now my you know the pts say like your body's still trying to figure out do you have an acl what's this going on because they took the mm-hmm. patella and grafted that as the new ACL. But then you see people like AP, like Adrian Peterson, he came back after, I think it was like four months or something. You see uh, Tony Ferguson that fights Mm -hmm. in the UFC. Um, He didn't have a reconstruction. He just did a repair, I think, um, which they can return a lot faster. They can return to fighting like like four to six months. And I think he came back four or five months. So with me, them saying nine to 11 months of 
PT, my goal, I want to fight before that nine month marker. Okay. So we'll we'll see. That's, that's kind of just in my mind. Like I, I know like statistics and things like, um, I think they're saying, and, and maybe I'm wrong on this, but pretty close. Mm-hmm. Like it, say six, seven months, you're at like a 70% uh, risk of re-injuring yourself. Mm-hmm. Every week it goes down dramatically until like that 11 month um, marker where it could be like 10 to 15%. So obviously if it's like seven months to 11 months and I have a 70% chance of getting injured to a 10% chance if I wait a few months, like obviously I'm going to, wait the the few months mm-hmm. and just depending on how i'm responding and the things i'm able to do um just because i've had so many surgeries and injuries and this is definitely mm-hmm. one of the it ranked high on the <laughs> on the list just because it's such a major it's a major joint and it's it's so yeah. painful you need your knee to do most everything you know at least when i've hurt my hands or elbows shoulders head even i've had fra- facial fractures at least i could walk around and do things now yeah. <laughs> Now it's just, it's yeah. something else, you know? So I don't well, wish this upon anyone, even my worst enemy. Yeah, especially not in your career. Yeah, not right. at all. Not yeah. in your line of work. Well, I hope that you can, well, I know you're going to get this back, and I hope you get a good fight when you come back. I mean, is it up to them who you fight, or do you get to choose who you fight? Yeah, no, I, I don't get to choose who I fight. Otherwise, I'd, I'd be Man. picking the champion every time. Um, <laughs> but, but, I, but I do hope, like, I, I'm, I'm in a place right now, I, th- I think this could be a blessing in disguise. I, I feel like... I, I truly believe everything happens uh, for a reason, and and I, and I also feel that um, there there's only six people ranked in front of me in the world. Every single person has a fight booked, so this could be the blessing of why not why I got injured. But I always just try to think of the positive when mm-hmm. bad things happen. Uh, so three people will lose, three people will kind of weed themselves out. So I could see myself just shifting up a little bit even more. So when I come back. I could be ranked fourth. I could, I could mm-hmm. be ranked fifth or fourth again, and then coming back to uh, a title eliminator. Or I always say, you never know. With like the UFC, so crazy, and with right now with the pandemic and uh, visa issues, like international fighters sure. not being able to come here, injuries. You know, injuries like this or freak accidents happen every day in practice. I, I may come back to a title fight. You you never know. So um, that would be awesome. But it's I, I still feel like I'm, you know, my next fight will be huge. Whatever it is, when I do return, it'll either be for that number one contender spot, or maybe I'll come right back to the like the, the title shot. Uh, and in in my mind, that would be perfect because I just need that opportunity. And you know, I'll rise to the occasion. And 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 that's my goal. You know, like to be a world champion. And and you know have the first featherweight UFC title brought back to Sacramento. Yeah, that would be awesome. Um, I mean, this is a great town for UFC fights. You you, you train at the premier place when yeah. you can get back there and train. Do you go there anymore? Do you yeah, go yeah, right now. Like, I, I, I'm i there. Um, you know, I'm just doing strength and conditioning with, uh, you know, my strength coach, Darren. Um, you know, I'll start working with Joey again, my boxing coach. Mm-hmm. But it's like I, I, I can't. I can't practice. I can't do a lot of things, obviously, right mm-hmm. now. So when I even hit mitts, I'm going to be like sitting on a box and just, you know, probably working mm-hmm. like a lot of like defense and even just like, you know, just just hitting mitts yeah. on. But on it's a just good chair. to be around them. Yeah, exactly. And, and and I'll start going to practices here in a little bit. But I, I'm still so focused on my my mm-hmm. recovery and rehab. So I'm doing uh, PT three hours a day, and I'm doing strength and conditioning uh, three to four times a week. So it's I still have a pretty pretty full schedule 
Oh, man. Well, I hope that when you come back for the fight, we can have you back on again. And actually, I think I might want, I'd love to, you know, look at the opportunity, maybe have you on if you have the ability a little more often to just talk about some of the fights that are happening and if you have opinions. And because I, you know, I think, just think you're a pretty well-spoken guy and you seem to follow, you know, all the other stuff pretty well. Yeah, no, anytime. And that's, that's what I, like, I was always a fan of, you know, the UFC and, my, my best friend and I were watching the pay-per-views back in like 99 before like the UFC even went mainstream in 05. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so I, I, I've always been a fan. I still watch like every fight unless I'm at, you know, like some event or yeah. something like that. But then I still like a lot of times, if it's a huge fight, I'll, I'll buy the pay-per-view on my phone and I'm like sitting <laughs> at the table or we've been at weddings and I feel kind of bad. Yeah. I'm watching a big fight and like yeah, yeah. everyone's around the table watching yeah, the fight. Yeah. You know? You're like, but, it's work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. Well, good, Josh. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the time. Cool. I know you've got a very busy schedule with your PT and stuff. So the fact that you took the time to do this means a lot to me. It really does. Cool. And again, hopefully we can continue this, uh, you know, having you drop in and out on time to time and just let us know how you're doing and maybe talk about some other stuff. Yeah, for sure. So, Anytime. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate yeah. it. All right, Josh. Thanks a lot, man. And I think we're out. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs>